Do you talk to yourself? All the time. This what? may give you what? some company. <laughs> Artificial intelligence just learned to talk. Yeah, OpenAI <laughs> revealed an update to ChatGPT yesterday that enables it to respond to your questions with spoken words, resulting in a two-way conversation that's way more complex than all the small talk offered by Alexa and Siri. Uh, they say digital assistants like them have only been programmed with responses to a narrow set of questions. Hmm. But um, so this can actually like have a conversation. Hmm. Amazon and Apple are racing to infuse large language models into their products, but open AI beat them to the punch. Hmm. That's so creepy. I want to talk to, <laughs> you know, you've seen movies about robots for years and years like and now it's over, getting right. more and more real. Right. Yeah. And scary. They just said the the writers union one, like the studios are saying we will not use AI to write scripts. Right. I just think like 20 years from now, it's even that thought's going to be outdated because it's just just way too cost effective, way too cost effective to have AI do it than a human being do it. And what do I always say? Follow the money. You want to know how something's going to turn out? Follow the money. And, And with that, just follow the money. Do you have more than one son or daughter coming up? The surprising and simple way to connect with each child. Do you have more than one son or daughter? They revealed a surprising and simple way to connect with each child. Of course, parenting is not easy, but these three things may help you connect. Number one, start each day by speaking each of your child's name directly to them. And like, but wait, you good can't, morning, Kevin. You It can't be like... Uh... Taylor, or it should be like Taylor, not Taylor. Right, exactly. They say because you you're so tempted as a mom or dad to start barking commands. Uh, studies show there's a unique brain activation at work when someone hears his or her own name in contrast to the other names, the names of others. So I don't know if you noticed, Kev. I know you're not my child, but you're my coworker. So the first thing I did today when I saw you is I tried to say your name. Oh, yeah? I said, good morning, Kevin. Huh. Well, uh, you know what? Every parent listening right now is like, yeah, I start off that way. <laughs> right. Hey. <laughs> hey, Janie, time to wake up. Five minutes later, Janie, let's get moving. Five minutes later, Janie, we have got to go. Yeah. Janie! <laughs> <laughs> so every parent starts off that way. Right. Okay, so here's the second tip to connect with each child. Uh, first one was use their name. Number two, mm-hmm. Look each child in the eye with love and care and concern when you speak to them. And the third and final simple way to connect with each of your children, pick a song that just you and your child share between the two of you. For example, if your daughter has brown eyes, it could be this one. You, really bonds you to each kid <laughs> who, who comes up with this stuff in the in the craziness that is the morning rush to get out the door what parent has the time to do all that that's what i'm wondering to be that calm and that ohm janie we're going to sing your favorite song now i know we're running late that's okay <laughs> if, you, if you've mastered that art I'd love to know how you did it. So that advice to speak your child's name calmly, you know, with love, that's great advice. But in the minutiae of uh, the real world, sometimes that's not going to happen because we live in a fallen world with kids who do kids who do dumb stuff a lot. And then there you are, mom and dad, having to clean it up or correct or whatever. So on a scale of one to ten, when it comes to the craziness of like, I don't know, trying to get out the door to go to school or church, where are you? One being totally calm, ten being completely stressed. Where are you? Give us a call.
Faith, we're talking about how crazy is it in your house when you're trying to get out of the door, you know, to go to school or church and get everybody going on a scale of one to ten, with one being a total quiet moment of calm and ten being it's absolutely crazy. The wheels are falling off the bus. Where do you guys land? Well, I would say I feel like we land at about a six or a seven. Um, But I just asked the kids and they said, I'm only a little bit stressed. So I feel like that's... Ooh, you're pulling it off. Where are you? (laughs) From their perspective, yeah. That's a good question. Because, you know, every day's different. Whether we're crying about socks or a toy, (laughs) then we're probably closer to an eight. But if we're all things are fine, then we're probably right in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Then you go you go through the stress of finding said sock or toy, and the kid is like, Oh great, I'm a two. Whereas mom has just, you know, her stress meter's gone through eleven. You're crawling around on the floor going, This is what my life has come to. I'm looking for an action figure. (laughs) I'm gonna be late to work. many times to the point where I tell them we're not looking for it anymore. Good for you. We're talking about how stressful it can be getting out the door for uh, like school or church, work, just trying to get everybody moving in one direction and be where you need to go on time. And I think there's one place, one time in particular, the kids get to be easy, easy, light and breezy, no stress. And meanwhile, mom and dad have been running around like crazy people to make something happen. And that is... Vacation. Kids just get strapped into the back of the car and off you go to the beach or whatever. And it just all happens, right? And I think of when my my kids were little, we used to rent a beach house every summer for about a week. And man, first of all, you had to scrimp and save and cut corners just to pay for the thing. That was number one. Uh, Then number two, mom and dad had to be responsible for everybody getting everything packed. Because when the kids are little, you can't trust that they're going to get everything they need, right? You've got to pack Mm -hmm. for them. And there were six of us. So my wife, she'd have to make sure she was packed. The kids were packed. We'd take our dogs. All the stuff for the dogs were packed. So she was pretty stressed before we ever pulled out of the driveway. Then there's the, like, five-hour drive just to get there. And then when we get there... Who's carrying the boogie boards, making sure we have enough sunscreen, <laughs> towels, everything else to go to the beach? It's mom and dad. The kids are just mm-hmm. like, yay, let's go to the beach all day. No wonder my mom got a migraine every time we hit the road. <laughs> True story. <laughs> the uh, family that grew up that I grew up with behind me, the O'Farrells, Mr. and Mrs. O'Farrell had five boys. And every year for vacation, Mr. O'Farrell would take the boys to a cabin at a lake. And Mrs. O'Farrell would stay home by herself. <laughs> and that is the secret to a long and happy marriage. I think they I think they were definitely on to something there. I love it when you see a story that confirms that somebody's genuine and nice like you think they are. And then when they turn out to really be that way, it, it's kind of cool, right? So uh, there's this guy, he's uh, in the Navy. His name's Stephen Wright, and he was in, uh, in combat. This was way back in Afghanistan. He lost one of his legs. Mm. Um, and he was a big fan of The Rock. The actor, The Rock, you know, the wrestler and the actor, The Rock. Big fan of him. And he says watching him, his movies and stuff really encouraged him as he was rehabbing. And he had a a copy of his book, The Rock Says. And it was an autographed copy. And he loved showing people, look, I got The Rock's autograph. Turns out the autograph wasn't real. It was a fake autograph. Somebody had forged, you know, his signature or whatever. Uh wasn't the real deal. So he posts about it. He's like, I still love the book, still love The Rock, but I sure wish I had the real deal. Well, The Rock saw it, and he's like going to personally deliver. Ooh, in person? Yeah, an autograph, awesome. autograph copy to it. Isn't that's, that cool? That's so, that, 
rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so he's hooking him up with the book and a whole bunch of other, I guess, rock stuff. So he's going <clears> to... <throat> Rock his world. It's got to be so fun that that one. Okay, there's so many aspects of celebrity that would get so fatiguing. Like you can't go to the grocery store and you mm-hmm. can't walk down the street without. Wah! Right. But the fact that people like The Rock can just go do that and make someone's day, and or Ed Sheeran just showing up at a coffee shop and serving lattes mm. to people, I just think that would be such a fun aspect. I think one of the one of the most moving ones of that, like, you know, celebrity taking time to make somebody feel special that that I saw that that really got me was Keith Urban uh, was in town for a show. And there was a, a young lady who I think she was nonverbal and had serious health issues, was in the hospital, massive Keith Urban fan. And he went to the hospital with his guitar and like sang to her. It's awesome. Bedside. And that was it doesn't have to do that. He doesn't you know have to take time out of his schedule to do that. No one would know if he didn't. Um, but I thought that was really cool that he did take the take the time to do it. So anyhow, Rock, way to go. Very cool. Taking care of one of our, our servicemen that way. Way to go. Is your life at all like your parents? Coming up, why Gen Z and millennials feel like what their parents had is impossible now. Is, is your life at all like your parents' lives? Gen Z and millennials feel like what their parents had is impossible now. Mm. Two thirds of Americans believe younger people face hardships today that previous generations, including more expensive starter homes, college loans and more. Um, These age groups, Gen Z and millennials, have tons of anxiety about money and they don't feel like the American dream their parents and grandparents had is attainable. Mm. It, it's definitely shifted. I, I feel like it's a gift that we had. Our My son came home during COVID and he stayed while he was getting his master's degree. And, and we had some chats about that because I was pretty dug in. I was like, you know, back when your mom and I were younger, you know, we just didn't have the nice things. And we sacrificed till we got there. He's like, Dad, that is not the deal anymore. Yeah. It's like we just can't you can't get out of the hole of college debt and the idea of ever owning a home. It's mm-hmm. like impossible just to even get your foot in the door as a first time buyer anymore. Yeah, I believe it. I look at what Glenn and I paid for our first home and it it at the time we were like, oh, can right. we do this? <laughs> and now I look at it and I'm like, wow, we were so blessed. And that's mm-hmm. why we sold our house to our friends across the street who were renting. Yeah. They uh, husband and wife and their young baby girl, because we wanted them to have the American dream. So mm-hmm. we're like, we're gonna sell it to you. And that way you've got this great starter home. Mm. Wow. Okay. So have you always say this about your daughter, Amber? She's a world-class. Oh, sleeper. She can outsleep anyone. (laughs) Well, guess what? There is a real sleeping competition with money, (laughs) cash money on the line. No kidding. And I think your daughter could win. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So believe it or not, there is a way for your daughter, Amber, who you say is a world-class sleeper Mm -hmm. uh, to win money. For sleeping. She can sleep longer and harder than anyone I know. <laughs> yeah, they're having a sleeping competition in Spain okay. with a thousand euro prize. Okay. And there's a couple of catches. One is you uh, you can only get out of bed for a 15 minute bathroom break every eight hours. Mm. That's how much sleeping you're doing okay. in this competition. And these people are just like. Yeah, I might quit the competition if I get bored, but I'm not. It's not happened yet. And this one girl, her parents are like, 
We'll pay you a thousand dollars. Just come home. Stop it with the sleeping. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they the, they're doing it. It's a, a national siesta competition to promote napping and how I mean, good it is. Do you have to stay brain. asleep, or do you just have to remain? You in have to bed. stay in bed. Got it. Yeah, but okay. man, a bathroom break only every eight hours. I yeah. don't think I would do very mm. well with that. <laughs> Taylor, when it comes to jobs and and maybe possibly getting fired, can you be fired because your boss doesn't think you're a good cultural fit? As in, okay, that okay. When you said cultural fit, I was like, oh, that sounds like racism. But you mean like cultural the as culture in, of the company? We're like buttoned up and we're really formal here, and you're too informal. Right, or exactly. Southwest Airlines, we're informal, and you're way right, too formal. Right, the culture of the company. Um, I would say that would not be legal. It is totally legal as long as you're not the firing for discrimination because of like race or religion or something like that. Yeah. If they don't fit in with the culture of the company, you can totally let someone go. And that's nationwide, not just state by state. Yeah. And I just thought about how weird that is. So if you have a boss that like he just wants a, uh, a bunch of replicas of him and you just have a personality difference, not only could you get fired for that, but that boss could be losing out because if you're just replicating yourself, somebody's not necessary. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need those different points of view to make, you, make the whole thing, make the whole operation better. Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Big news. Forgiveness is good for your mental health. As followers of Jesus, we already know that we're called to forgive because he has forgiven us. But this was a secular look on forgiveness. And guess what? After just two weeks of using an app or a workbook that focused on forgiving others, people showed a huge reduction in depression and anxiety symptoms. What's wild, the author of the research, his name is Everett Worthington. He was in the middle of his life's work on forgiveness when his own mother was killed. And he had to work hard to apply that research about forgiveness to his own life. It is interesting when uh, the secular world uh, does things that are, are biblical when, and then they mm-hmm. act like they came up with it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh uh, yeah, well, you're, you're a genius. Way to go. Good, good going you when it was in there in the Bible the, the whole time. Coming up in just a minute, is it time to embrace the good enough parent? Is it time to embrace yourself as the good enough parent? Kids don't come with an instruction manual and each of her kids is so different. Yet everywhere you turn, social media, the grocery store, someone has an opinion on your parenting decisions. <laughs> well, there's a new trend to embrace what's called circle of security parenting. Okay, so here's what that is. It means learning how to follow your child's needs, connecting with your child, repairing the relationship when it's needed, and protect your child at the same time, encourage them to explore and have boundaries with your kids and delight in them at the same time. It's based on decades of research showing there's no one size fits all style of parenting. Mm. And I guess you can take classes, this circle of security, and people say it's life changing. No kidding. Huh. Classes, classes on how to be okay with not being the perfect parent. The good enough parent, <laughs> yes. So are are we up for some honest self-reflection and sharing? Let's talk about this okay parenting. Are, are, are you okay with being, you know, a good enough mom and dad? Or do you, when you think about it, I am a perfectionist parent. I want I want to nail this parenting thing perfectly. When you think about yourself or maybe your your other half, where do you come down on that? You know, and that if that was a spectrum, where do you come down on it? Are you are you good with being okay 
Or are you like, no, 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 no. Everything's got to be practically perfect. Would love to hear from you. We're talking about this whole idea of being a good enough parent and the pressure that moms and dads feel a lot of times to be the perfect parent. And having been the dad of four kids, my wife and I have raised four kids together. Um, it, it can be tough. It can be really, really hard. And I think I've seen, I think I was pretty good at being like an 80-20 parent. If it's 80% done out of 100%, that's good. That's you know what I mean? That, good that's, balance, yeah. that's good. That's good enough. Um, I think Tracy is a mom, and I think this might be a thing a lot of moms feel way more than dads. I think she felt a lot more pressure, particularly when you would have, um, I don't know, friends who had kids about the same age. And I remember my son, he had his best friend, Zach. Zach was the perfect child. Oh, boy. <laughs> no pressure, right? Right. And that was kind of frustrating <laughs> that Zach was. The, the perfect, perfect child. child. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and Kyle was rambunctious and full of life and and just all over the place. And and yeah, that that was that was interesting. Mm. But I would way rather have the kid that was like getting a little bit of trouble than the kid that was terrified to do anything because they might get in trouble. That that's just that's just me. I think the pressure to become a perfect parent has escalated like never before because of influencer moms and mm. social media. Because yeah. I mean, all of us, I've had people do it to me like they think something you you post is like perfect. They think they they make this alternate universe version of your life. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend who was a mom influencer. That's what she did. She tried to make money as a, a mom that way. Mm-hmm. And every time something was posted or she had an event or I would or vacation, I would always go, my opening line. Was it as good as it looked on social media? And she often would say, well, not really. Here's what happened. The, the girls were being brats or whatever hmm. it was that was more reality based. Hmm. We'd love to hear from you. Do you do you feel that pressure to be the perfect parent? Are you good enough with being good enough? Mary, we're talking about parenting and being a good enough parent or a perfection parent and, and the struggle and tension that can cause. Do you struggle with that? Um, I did when my kids were really little. Um, my kids are now all in their 20s. And recently I had a conversation with two of them where they said they have never doubted whether or not I loved them unconditionally. Hmm. So that good enough parenting, the sloppiness that is just part of daily family life um, that bothered me in the moment when they were little, when they were in middle school and high school, um, turns out that it's not a big deal to them. What was important was mom was present and mom listened unconditionally. Mm. That's good. Man, that's wisdom right there. Well, and I got to tell you, there's for, for everything that I see on social media and keeping up with everybody else, having the perfect birthday party or the handmade Halloween costumes, it doesn't matter. You know, my kids are adults now. And for them to mm. say that to me is just like... Okay, it worked. Yeah. It was more than than good enough. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for sharing that wisdom with all the younger moms who listen. We sure appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a wonderful day. You You too. too. Bye-bye. See if this sounds like a fun vacation for you. Kev, isn't on your bucket list with your wife, Tracy, Scotland? Oh, yeah, we'd like, to go one to, of them. we'd like to go to Scotland and Ireland. Scotland hit, and hit Ireland. Both in one trip. Well, now you can go to Scotland and you can stay at Shrek's Swamp. Ogres are like onions. End of story. It looks just like the swamp from the movie. I mean, you get to relax in the ambiance of earwax candlelight, Ugh. kick up your feet with a parfait, swap stories around the fire, enjoy a stack of freshly made waffles in the morning, and of course, enjoy the ultimate privacy of Shrek's trusted outhouse. 
And uh, I don't know if you'll have a guest appearance by the org himself, but um, it's pretty cool. It looks just like the set of the movie. It's in Mm. Scotland and you have to pay for your own travel there. But get this. You don't even have to pay to stay there. You just make a donation to the Hopscotch Children's Charity, which is <laughs> it provides some of Scotland's most vulnerable and disadvantaged Aww. kids with breaks through nurturing and holiday trips. Mm. And uh, all you do is go to Airbnb.com slash Shrek <laughs> and you can book this. You can stay in a swamp for the night. Yeah, but you know how you get there. You have to go on the donkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, vaping, uh, it's becoming a major problem. Uh, I wanted to share with you some stuff that make you aware, mom and dad, of what might be going on with your kids while they're at school. We're going to talk about it next. All right. So I want to share this with you, mom and dad, because I know as a dad of four, you you would do anything, anything to keep your kids safe. I've seen you guys in action. I mean, you guys are on it. Nothing that you wouldn't do to keep your kids safe. So when you hear a story about vaping, and you realize, wow, this is kind of out of my control. If, if, the, if my kid's hiding it and they're doing it at school, how am I even going to know? And they're, they're saying this is becoming a massive problem in schools. Remember that old song, Smoking in the Boys' Room? Well, now it's vaping in the boys' room. There, some schools are having a massive, massive problem with kids going into the, the bathrooms, you know, and, and that's where they're where they're vaping. I can't understand. I can't get my head around why anyone would even start that. It, it almost seems as nonsensical as starting smoking now with everything we know about how bad it is for you. Why would you do that? But apparently the draw is uh, is massive. They're saying that like fi- almost 15 percent of kids are vaping like it's reg- one out of regularly. every four young people regularly now. Yeah. And then I guess they're hiding vape pens, like making it look like um, school supplies, mm-hmm. like hoodies and USB drives and water bottles and highlighters. And so it's, it's hard for teachers and parents to even know it's happening. So schools are, they're trying to take steps to crack down on it. They, they have literally vape detectors installed in the bathrooms um, they have interesting. Uh, sometimes they'll have bathroom monitors like teachers or I guess custodians or whatever, you know, checking to see is there vaping going on in here. Some have re- resorted to locked bathrooms. You can only use the bathroom like, you know, when the teacher walks down the hall, I guess, and, and opens it for you. Uh, and then removing doors on stalls as well. So you can't close the door. And oh, no, I guess vape, that's horrific. Vape in there. So, Yikes. yeah, it's it's a it's a big mm. problem, mom and dad. And uh I know your kids are great and I know you've done everything you can to to put them on the right path. But you might want to have that conversation and just say, like, hey, there's no judgment here. I just want to help you and help you live your best life possible. Have you tried vaping? Is it something you're struggling with? Is it something maybe we can we can handle together? Because it sounds like it's becoming a major thing. Isn't it funny what your kids will get you into, what you do all because of your kids? Oh, like yeah. my friend Julia Mike, their son decided I'm going to go teach English in South Korea. <laughs> so they went to visit him. And no I can't kidding. wait to tell you wow. what they wanted to talk about the most next. It's so funny what your kids get you into. Like my sister Suzanne became a foster grandma because her daughter became a foster mom. It's hmm. like all these things that your kids get you into. And so my friends, Julie and Mike, um, their middle son, Andrew, decided, you know what? I'm going to do a YOLO thing. I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to find a job in South Korea and teach English to little kids. And he loved it. Mm. He was thriving there. Uh, the time has come to an end and he's back in the States now. But um, a couple of week, a couple months ago, right before the end, 
they decided to go visit him. Like, why not? We've yeah. got a son when that can we'll, show us around when South will Korea. We have a chance to go to South Korea again. And then, and they loved the people. They loved the food. They said it was a beautiful country. And then they took Andrew on a little getaway from his teaching job to have a break. And they went over to Japan. Oh, wow. And, you know, I just could not wait for them to come visit so I could hear all these stories. Mm hmm. And out of everything that they saw in all these amazing Asian countries, there was one thing they wanted to talk about the most. And that is, they fell in love with Japanese toilets. <laughs> they said what, they what went makes to a, better? They said, picture a public park bathroom in the United States. And I was like, oh. I'd rather not. And they said, in Japan, <laughs> you walk in. And white noise starts to play so that you feel very comfortable going to the bathroom in public. And then the the seat is heated. So you sit down on your throne and you're like, ah. And then it has a built-in bidet. So your tushy gets completely cleaned <laughs> to the point where you don't even need toilet paper. You can use wow. a little TP. There's some there if you need it to dry off a little bit. Yeah. But your tushy you're, is uh, clean. You're happier than the bear in the Charmin commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. My honey's clean. And that's what they wanted to. And in just a minute, I'll tell you, it, this escalated. This is how in love they are with Japanese toilets that it has changed their lives forever. Okay. I'll tell you about it next. You should have seen my friends, Julie and Mike, trying to describe to me and my husband, Glenn, what a Japanese toilet is like. I mean, you know, I can be a little bit of a drama queen. Uh-huh. And I was just like, what? You don't use toilet paper? I don't understand. How hard is this thing? Like, spray the, the water. Stream, right? like, I just like... I said, I could not get my brain around any of it. And they were laughing so hard. But this is how much they fell in love with Japanese toilets when they went over to visit their son in Asia, who was teaching English in South Korea. Uh, They they hopped on Amazon and they found an insert into their own toilet (laughs) that turns it into a Japanese toilet. I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. What what's it like to clean this thing? That's why my first and they're like, no, it's just like scrubbing any other toilet. It's no big deal. And I'm like, what? And they said, oh, oh, we love it. We it's so great. The seated heat, the heated, heated, heated seat. seat. I always say seated heats. This heated seats. It, it, you press a button and it washes. Then you press a button and it blow dries. So like the whole thing, they love it. As if between you and your phone, you weren't already spending enough time in there. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll never come out. You wind up taking it. You'll fall asleep. It's so cozy. I wonder if this is going to become a thing where, like, on a real estate listing, and you know how they'll put like his and her closets. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to add. Japanese toilet in the primary bedroom. Maybe they will.